Welcome to another inspirational message from the chapel. We pray this message encourages and inspires you. If you would like any more information, check out our website, thechapelcollective.com.au. Hello, everybody. Welcome. Welcome to church tonight. We have got Luke and I, Luke Bonnell. What's Luke's middle name? Luke James Bonnell is going to bring the word with me today. And we're going to talk a little bit about your heart. So pat yourself on the chest wherever you are. Say, my heart. We're going to talk about your heart. Let me just pray real quick before we start. God, I thank you that you are going to speak to us now. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you have already prepared our hearts as we talk about what it means to look after our heart today, God. I pray that you would speak to us in a new way, in a fresh way, in Jesus' name. If you are in the house by yourself, say amen. If you are not in the house, still say amen anyway. Amen. Awesome. I have something to show you. This, this is a source of much grief in my house. This is my child's school jumper. I promised said child I would not use the child's name. But then he said, no, I want you to use my name. I think he wants to be famous. So I'm going to say this is Joseph's jumper. I have four children. He's my youngest. And um, Joseph has five school jumpers that look just like this. They're all the same size. They're all the same color. They look just like this. He has five. Not one, not two but five school jumpers. So this child will just leave jumpers all over the face of the earth. It's like his gift to humanity. He just wants to leave jumpers everywhere. And um, anywhere he goes, he just leaves them behind. He leaves them in the car, all over the place. We have bought so many jumpers. We have bought so many jumpers. It would not be an exaggeration to say that the financial year 2019 to 2020, our major household expense has been buying school jumpers. You think I'm kidding? I'm not kidding. It is sending us broke to buy this many jumpers. So that means the most frequently spoken phrase in our house, in the Logan household is, buddy, it's your jumper. It's your responsibility. Say it with me. It's your jumper. It's your responsibility. There will be tears and chaos on Monday morning because this child has not been a good looker after of his jumper. He has left it in the car. It's been, I found it in the tree before, in a tree at the front of our house. He's left it at school. He's left it at church. It could be anywhere. There are tears Monday morning because we cannot find our jumper. So the worst part of this is not even that he can't find, it's not even that I'm like really angry about it, and I am. It's not even that I'm super frustrated that I can't find his jumper. The worst thing about this situation is that when he doesn't have his jumper, he is cold or he is dirty or his jumper is just missing and he doesn't know where it is or he stinks, you know, because it hasn't been washed. So this is not just a frustration for me, but it's a disadvantage every day for him and we live in Armadale. So you need a jumper in Armadale. You need a jacket in Armadale. And sometimes he can't even find that one jumper. I love you, Jojo. You're my favorite child. <laughs> so let me calm down for a moment. Um, and let's just say the same way that, we, that I say, Joseph, it's your jumper. It's your responsibility. We can also say, all of us here today, wherever you're watching from, my heart, my responsibility. My heart, my responsibility. So listen to this from Proverbs. If you've got your Bible, you can grab it. This is Proverbs 27 and verse 19, and this is what it says. 
As a face is reflected in the water, so the heart reflects the real person. So the Hebrew word here for heart, the heart reflects the real person, is actually um, the same word that we use for spirit. So we could go either way tonight, but tonight we're going to talk about our heart. And Luke's going to bring a word later and tell us how we can how we can look after our heart. So we're going to talk about our heart right now. So if our heart reflects our person, the condition of our heart, the condition of your heart tonight is it's actually who you are. Your heart reflects your person. Your heart is who you are. It's a bit confronting, isn't it? Your heart is who you are. But it makes me want to pay attention to the health and the whereabouts of my heart because who I am is in direct correlation to the state of my heart. So it can't be then. Hi, my name's Kerry. It's great to meet you. Um, my heart is full of bitterness and anger and disappointment, but I'm just going to shove that to the side because other than that, I'm a really great, really happy, really functional person. No, it doesn't work like that with our heart. Our heart doesn't work like that. Whatever is in our heart, that is who we are. Whatever is in our heart, that is who we are. Now, some of you might be thinking, awesome. My heart is in a great place. I have healthy relationships. There's no major offense in my heart. There's nothing I feel like I need to fix. Like, that's fantastic. Good on you. And praise the Lord for you. And praise the Lord that you are, you know, walking in His way and you're listening to the Holy Spirit so that your heart is in that place that is so healthy. It's benefiting your relationships. It's benefiting everything that you're involved in. But maybe, like I have thought before, maybe you're thinking, oh... If my, if the state of my heart is who I really am, I don't know how, I don't know how comfortable I feel about that. I don't know, that doesn't make me feel good about myself. There are actually some parts of myself that maybe I don't, I don't even like. And I've been there, and maybe you have too, and I understand. There's nothing wrong with you. This is a human problem, and this is something that God can help us with. So, here's why, here's why I think this is important. Every person has been on one end of the scale or the other, right? You have felt, you've felt good about the state of your heart or you've not felt great about the state of your heart. That's a human thing. Everyone has been on one end of the scale or the other. And that just tells us that being responsible for our own heart, it's actually an ongoing endeavor. It's not something that we set straight once and then we don't think it about it, think about it again. It's an ongoing thing. So every time we're confronted with the opportunity to feel rejected or to feel jealous or whatever it might be, this is our opportunity. This is our opportunity to steward our heart. So here's why this is important. If you have a cluttered, a weighed down and upset heart, you, you just can't function as you need to function in this life. You want to follow Jesus. You want to be a good friend. You want to be emotionally healthy. But you just don't have the capacity to do that because what is in your heart, it's spilling out of your heart into your whole life and it's affecting everything that you do and everything that you say and everything that you think as well. We know that thoughts are a big part of how healthy our heart is and how healthy our mind is too, how healthy our habits are even. In the book of John, Jesus says, I don't want death and destruction for you. I came that you would have life to the full. Maybe if you're a Christian, you've heard that before, that Jesus came to bring life to the full. And um, so I thought, let's just think about this for a moment. Jesus came, Jesus came to give us a full life, a healthy life, life to the full. That's why he came. That's why he came for us. So he is 100% capable of giving us a full life, 
But we also have a role in this because who knows that God is not a dictator. He won't just decide everyone's going to be happy and that's the way it is. God requires participation from us. So God, Jesus has said, I've come to bring you life to the full. But our role in this is that we tend to our heart. We pull out any weeds that are in our heart. And so we have this partnership with God for a healthy heart. We do our part. He does his part. He brings us life to the full. So that's a life that is um, marked with joy and it's marked with peace. And who doesn't want those things? All of these things, they come from God and they can be ours when we partner with him in how we steward and how we look after our heart. So I asked my husband, honey, this whole idea of your heart, your responsibility as a bloke, like, how would you, how would you best think about this? How would you best understand this? And, um, and he goes to me, sheds. Like he said that one word, sheds. I'm like, okay, can you please elaborate on sheds? So straight away he starts talking about sheds, like tool sheds, right? And garden sheds and um, garages that you collect lots of things that shouldn't go in your house, ladies, am I right? I don't know who needs to hear this tonight, but you should not wash engine parts in your dishwasher. I'm saying this from personal experience and for the sake of all the wives who are watching. There are some things that should stay in the shed. <laughs> so sheds. Men build, some men build things in them. Not everybody, some men do. Andrew, my husband, he keeps important things in sheds and he fixes things in the shed and he stores things in the shed and he creates things in the shed. And he said this, this is what he said, if there's stuff all over your shed, if there is stuff that's stacked in the shed and it's dusty and it's unused and it's broken, you cannot use that space for what it was intended to be used for, which is to build and restore things. That's what he does in the shed. Then he said, you get deliveries to your shed, right? Maybe you get deliveries to your door. Maybe you're like a huge Amazon shopper or whatever and you get stuff coming to your door all the time. It's just like this. You get deliveries to your shed. So you get, maybe you get boxes of parts or you get like hardware, like nails or wood or whatever you need to create something or to fix something or to restore something. You get deliveries to your heart as well. So this is the wisdom of my husband. A delivery guy walks up, to, walks up the driveway with a big box that says a fence. You don't need to accept that delivery. Maybe you need to hear that tonight. You have permission to not accept that delivery of offense. You have permission to not accept that delivery of jealousy or insecurity or whatever it is that is being brought up your driveway. You don't have to take it. There's no rule that says that you do. So it's, it's just the same, isn't it? It's just the same with our heart. We don't have to take everything that comes through the door. We don't have to stack it at the back of our heart where it's not useful to us and it's not beneficial to us. Or maybe it's unholy. That's not, that's not useful to us either. And that's not the Lord's will for us either. It will only take up space that we need to function and no one else can decide what you store or what you reject except for you. So the state of your heart then is way more important, uh, way too important to leave in the hands of somebody else. So let's, let's say it this way. This is one of my favorite quotes. And um, maybe if you're a lady, you might appreciate it. So we've talked about sheds. Now I'm going to talk about gardens because I love being in the garden. 
So this is what it says. Your mind is a garden. Your thoughts are the seeds. You can grow flowers or you can grow weeds. So this is talking about our mind, this particular quote. But let's say this about our heart. Our heart is a garden. Our thoughts are the seeds. We can grow flowers or we can grow weeds. So the thoughts and attitudes we allow to take hold in our heart, that is, that is our responsibility. That's my responsibility. That's your responsibility tonight. So can other people help us grow? Yes, yes, definitely, definitely they can. We need other people. We can't grow in life without other people, can we? We need other people to speak into our lives and, and we're actually unwise to not seek the, the wise counsel, the wisdom of somebody else who's further along in the journey than us, who can speak into our life, who can speak into our situation, who can maybe challenge us when we've let things into our heart that maybe don't belong there. So we need people, don't we? But we are ultimately responsible for our decisions, for what we choose to allow, for what we choose to reject. Your life doesn't have to be a painful drag. It doesn't have to be that. It just requires that we take responsibility to tend to the developments in our heart. So your heart matters. It matters to God. It matters to your family. It matters to your friends. It matters to your church and to your work and to your study. Your heart, it is your heart, but it's not all about us, is it? It's not all about you because your heart, what flows from it, it affects everybody around you and everything around you and everywhere you go and everything you say. So this is, this is vitally important. I wouldn't even trust somebody else, no offence to any of my friends, to make my tea for me. Like, I want to make my cup of tea. Who, what kind of monster puts milk in first? I wouldn't let anybody else make my tea for me. But So even more so, even more so with my heart, I don't want anyone else to steward that for me. That's my responsibility and God can help me. That's my responsibility. So this isn't about keeping our heart healthy to keep a bunch of religious rules though. So let's, let's get rid of that idea. This is not just playing by the rules to keep God happy. It's about having a healthy vehicle that drives us through life, that takes us through life in a way that's healthy and beneficial to us. That's why in Proverbs 4 we read to guard your heart because everything, everything flows from it. Everything flows from your heart. So by giving adequate attention to what's in our hearts, we're not only keeping the rules, but the result for you and the result for me is a life of peace and purpose. And who doesn't want that? That's what I want, a life of peace and purpose that God has planned out for me because he's so good. He's so good to us. So your heart, your responsibility. Say it with me, your heart, your responsibility. My heart, my responsibility. And whatever is in my heart is who I am. Whatever is in my heart is who I am. So I'm going to invite Luke up now, and he's going to join us. My kids, when they see him on the screen, they call him Lukey. And they say, oh, you've done such a good job, Lukey. So Luke's going to talk to us now about how we can do something about this. Let's talk further about this. Thank you, Pastor Kerry. Um, and before I start, I just wanted to thank our senior leadership um, for backing us um, and for your leadership. I'm, I'm genuinely thankful for it. So your heart, your responsibility. I'm going to continue and get straight into this idea and look about, uh, look at what we can do about it. And so when we look at our physical health, we know that it requires something from us. Uh, we have to eat the right thing. We have to eat the right amounts of that thing. Um, and we need to be active. It requires something of us. Our mental health requires something of us. 
Uh, we need to make sure we're taking enough time out to rest. Uh, we, we need to make sure that um, we're doing something about our hobbies, doing something that we enjoy. And we need to try and avoid unnecessary stress. And when it comes to our spiritual health, or as Kerry explained it to be, the condition of our heart, it also requires something from us. Kerry also explained the importance of a healthy heart. I want to reiterate it. Um, in Matthew, it says that Jesus returned to his hometown and he did not do as many miracles because of their lack of faith. Because of the condition of their heart, he didn't do as many miracles. So I don't know about you, but I don't want to get to 100 years old and look back at my life and see all this God-given potential not fulfilled because I didn't have my heart in the right place. I want to get to 100 and look back and see a life full of God-given potential that was realized because I looked after my heart. So our God-given potential is directly influenced by the condition of our heart. God working in and through our lives, is it's influenced directly from the condition of our heart. So we know that the condition of our heart is important. Kerry explained that as well. And we know that creating um, a good condition, creating health requires us to do something. So what is that? That's what we're going to talk about tonight. And when we look at our physical health, what it requires of us is actually really simple. Pretty much three things. Eat the right thing, eat the right amount of it, and be active. When we look at what it requires, it's very simple. But how is there 400 books on how to, how to be healthy? How is there 400 diets and fads on how to be healthy when it's three simple things? Well, even though it's simple, just because it's simple, it doesn't mean it's easy. What, what makes it hard is actually consistency. Consistently doing these three simple things is actually what it takes for the health. And we want all these um, fads and diets and these dietitians. Uh, the reason why we're so into all these other um, examples or opportunities is because we look at it and we're looking for a shortcut. We want the easy way out. We don't want to have to be consistent. So we want to find another answer that doesn't require consistency of us. Just another thing, if we take that out, then we'll be physically healthy. We don't need to consistently do the three core things. When it comes to our spiritual health, I think it's the same. Uh, it's very simple. I think it's very simple what's required of us for spiritual health, for the condition of our heart. But the hard thing about it is it requires consistency. It requires consistency. And I think we too search for, you know, a deep theological answer um, that enables us not to have to do the three core things that, that just require consistency from us. Uh, we want to find this deep theological, smart, I can't even think of a smart word. You know you're not smart when you can't even think of a smart word to sound smart. I'm from Cameltown. I'm a bit simple. Leave me alone. Um, you know, actually being smart where I come from in Cameltown, um, it's like being creative to rep your area code. That's, what, that's our benchmark of being smart. Cameltown, the postcode's 2560. We call it the 2560. Or now here in Tamworth, T-Dub, 2340. My mate um, from Cameltown got... Um, 2,560 in Roman numerals tattooed on his leg. He's like, he's up there. He's smart. Uh, in Ayers, a, a suburb called Ayers, the bus route number is 884. And there's people in Ayers that got 884 tattooed on their body, on their neck and chest. And that's being creative and smart where I'm from. So uh, please <laughs> bear with me. I'm just a simple guy from a simple place. 
But you know what? It's all good because what God requires of me for spiritual health is simple. So it's all good. Here's three simple things that I think that if we, we, we focus on and do consistently, we'll experience spiritual health. The condition of our heart will be healthy. And the same way with our um, physical health, that, uh, with our diets, there's a hundred other things that we can do, but ultimately there's three core things. I think it's the same with our, our spiritual health. Yes, there is a whole heap of things that we can do to experience our spiritual health or a good condition of our heart. But ultimately these three things, if we do consistently, we'll, we'll, we'll experience a good condition of our heart. And the point number one is community. God has created us for community. It's in a community um, that we're able to champion each other, support each other, help each other fulfill our God-given potential. And we fulfill our God-given potential in a community together doing the will of God. It's together that we're able to guard our heart. We, we guard our heart by surrounding um, people that are on the same journey as us and supporting and backing each other. But hold up. I know that sounds like rainbows and lollipops. But a church community, uh, any community is full with people. And people aren't perfect. People are people. And people are going to upset you. People are going to offend you. People are going to, um, yeah, upset and offend you. You're going to upset and offend other people. And we're going to disagree. We're going to butt heads. But I think it's all part of God's plan. The Bible says that iron sharpens iron. If you think of iron sharpening iron, there's a bit of friction. There's a bit of tension. There's going to be a bit of butting heads, but God will grow us. That's what God uses to grow us. It's how we learn to forgive. It's how we grow. It's how we learn to ask for forgiveness when we've um, upset other people. It's how we learn how to communicate without upsetting people as often. It's how we learn how to be selfless and help others. How we learn to champion others and be championed ourselves. It's how we, how we are sharpened. And one of the biggest things I think it helps us to do is learn how to be unoffendable. I think this is important. You know, I, I grew up in church and one of the biggest things I've learned is how to be unoffendable in a community. I used to set up all the chairs in church. It would take me like 40 minutes to set up all the chairs. And then before the service, someone would come in and, and change the chairs and straighten them like two inches. It used to get under my skin. I'm like, are you serious? Do you think I'm not capable enough to align a chair? It used to frustrate me. It used to upset me so much. But like, do it yourself next week. That's what I'd feel on the inside. But week in, week out, after experiencing this, I learned just to be unoffendable. Oh, well, does it really matter that he moves the chair? No, it doesn't matter. So I learned to be unoffendable, not to care and just go, oh, well. And that has helped my heart so much. Being in a community, we learn to grow and it, it helps us with our heart so much. So our action with point number one is be a part of a community. If you're not a part of a, a church service community, like our AM or PM service, you're not part of a community, I want to encourage you to get part of a community in church. Get a part of a, a service community. And if you are, if you are part of a, a church community and you're not in a connect group, I want to encourage you to get in a connect group. A connect group is a smaller community where it's even more intimate um, and we're going to grow even more because we're going to butt heads even more and it's more intimate. We can grow and learn more and help each other more. Our connect groups here, we have food trains. When, when people um, have a baby, our connect group comes around and, and helps them out, cooks some meals. Get a part of a connect group if you're not. And if you are in both of those things, then consistency is your next step. To be consistent. To be consi when, we're, when we're consistent, that's when we see progress. That's when we see growth. Our point number two is conversation with God. 
Read your Bible and pray. And I know what you're thinking. Luke, you're from Campbelltown. We knew you were simple, but you're serious. Read your Bible and pray. Captain Obvious here. I know what you're thinking. I know you're thinking that. But you know what? I know you also know what it takes to be physically healthy. But it's not knowing it that helps us to do it. It's actually having a plan in place to outwork it, to prioritize it and plan and structure around how we're going to do that to be physical healthy. It's the same with our, our reading and our praying. We need, to, we need to prioritize reading our Bible and praying. We need to structure and make a plan and put a plan in place so that we're able to consistently pray. We consistently read our Bible. That's how we know God. We have conversation with Him. We speak to Him through prayer. He speaks through us, uh, to us through His Word. See, if you want to know His plans for us, you want to know His love, you want to know the hope that He gives, His peace, His joy, well, you need to know Him. We, we need to know Him. We have to have a plan. So that is your action uh, for point number two is to put a plan in place to read your Bible and pray. Structure and prioritize it and put a plan in how you're going to do it. The reason, another quick reason why a plan is important it's because it's like when we're, when we're working out, if, we, if you've if you worked out in the gym, you pump iron and right at the start you see progress. But it gets to a certain point where you're pumping weights, you're working out and you don't see any progress. It gets hard, it gets boring and you feel like you're not achieving anything. But it's a plan in place that you follow and continue consistently that you push through and then you continue to see progress. And we know that even though you're not feeling it or, or, or um, seeing any progress, we know that there is progress being made. Some we're not even aware of, there's progress being made. What's well, the same as when we're reading our Bible and praying. Sometimes we'll read in numbers how many pieces of purple material were used to build the tent. And you're like, I'm not getting anything from this. But it's a plan and consistently a consistency of reading that God's able to work. His Holy Spirit is able to work and His Word is able to work in us and through us. It's a plan that we need to put in place. And even though sometimes we might not be feeling it, there's stuff that we're not even aware of that God's been able to move inside of us and work inside of us. So your action is make a plan. And point number three, I think this is the most important point. And it's rely on God or count on God, faith in God. You see, the first two points, yeah, they're important, but they mean nothing if we're not relying on God. If we don't count on Him, at the end of the day, God works through us. And, and these things that we're, we're talking about in spiritual health and a good condition of our heart, it's a fruit of a relationship with God. It's the fruit of being in relationship with Him. And no matter how many times we hear it, that we hear, no, it's faith. It's counting on God that equals a relationship with God. We as humans so many times rearrange it and think it's faith and what we do equals a relationship with God. But it's not. It's faith equals a relationship with God. But then there's fruit from our relationship with God, which is spiritual health. A good condition of our heart is a fruit of our relationship with Him. So, but first, we need to have faith in God. We need to rely and count on Him. Otherwise, it's just us trying to do it ourselves and we're not going to be able to achieve it. Counting on God, counting and relying on Him for each day for Him to help us to, to have a healthy condition of our heart. So the action for point number three is simply this. Stop trying to do it alone. Stop even, even thinking that you can do it. We need to rely on God. We, we need God's help 
to, to have a healthy heart, to experience a, a good and right heart. We need to just rely and count on Him. So our three points, our three takeaways. One, the three C's, if you would. One is community. We need to be in community. Two is we need to conversate with God and get to know Him. And three is count on God. Have faith and rely on Him. Hey again, thanks so much for joining us on this podcast. Whether you are new and exploring your faith or a follower of Jesus, there's a next step for you. There is always room to grow, more to be done, destiny to be pursued and people to be reached. So what's your next step? To find out, head over to thechapelcollective.com.au And thanks again for listening.